We are on Nun Zayin Amabez 57b, about 10 lines from the bottom by the two dots. And we will hopefully be going into Nun Ches Amaralf, continuing on to 58a. Uh, the Gemara discusses the, is beginning the topic of Higiyaz Man Velonisu. We mentioned in the Mishnah and in the Gemara that a girl between the ages of 12 and either 12 and 12 and a half or 12 and 13 and a half, uh, different opinions in the Gemara, that we give her 12 months to prepare for her wedding because that's the time where it was normal to get married. Uh, that's the time where she has to prepare. We give her 12 months to get married. If it's above the age of either 12 and a half or 13 and a half, we give her 30 days because she already had the time to prepare for her wedding. And so she had that. So we give her just 30 days to prepare for her wedding. What happens if that time passes? If that time passes, so then uh, the Baal, the husband, they're not married yet, uh, but the husband, the groom, um, has to support her. Uh, after that point in time, he has to support her. There's a question whether he has to support her because this is like a, a fine that we place on him. This is a penalty that we place on him because they haven't gotten married yet. Or no, after that, this time passes, it's some quasi-form of, a, of an actual marriage, even though they haven't completed the marriage yet. They didn't have a chuppah. Uh, but it's uh, after this time passes, the normal time passes where, need, where you need to prepare. So then some aspects of the marriage already kick in. Either way, once this time passes, the Mishnah said that she, if she is marrying a Kohen, if she's marrying a Kohen, so then she's allowed to eat truma. So the Gemara is about to point out that the truth is that even just by the engagement period alone, when she is halachically engaged, so she is also allowed to eat truma on a biblical level. The Torah tells us that on a biblical level, even if she's just engaged, they're not living together, uh, but uh, they went, they had this halachic engagement. Let's say the husband, the groom, gave her a wedding ring, but they're not living together, so then technically she's able to eat truma. But on a rabbinic level, for two very different reasons, which we will see momentarily, uh, for two di- very different reasons, the Rabbanon, the rabbi, said that no, she cannot eat uh, truma while she's engaged. But after they get married, and we have to see why also, but after the 12 months pass, or the 30 days pass, in a situation where uh, the girl is, let's say, above 12 and a half or 13 and a half, so then uh, she's allowed to eat truma. What changed? So, so let's see the Gemara. Amar Ula. Ula says... If she is uh, halakhically engaged to uh, a Kohen, she is allowed to eat Truma. How do we know this? The Pasuk, the verse tells us that anything that uh, belongs to him, to the Kohen, so then uh, is allowed to eat Truma. So that includes uh, his, his slaves. It includes... Uh, his animals, it includes, well, his children are Kohanim, but uh, it includes his children, and it also includes his wife. Now, there are commentators that point out that even though the language is kin and kaspo, uh, is a monetary acquisition, does not mean that uh, his wife is a monetary acquisition, um, especially during this time period of engagement. It's very difficult to say that because he does not have any obligation. Any, she doesn't have any monetary obligation towards him. During this engagement period, he doesn't have towards her, her really. Um, so, what, But what does exist is the fact that when, when they're engaged, one of the few laws that do exist is that she is not allowed, she's not viewed as single. She's not allowed to be in a relationship with somebody else, a physical relationship with somebody else. Um, and she's designated to him. The, the two of them also cannot be in a physical relationship. Uh, but uh, that, that is what, that is what uh, it creates. 
Um, and so that alone, through that type of relationship, so she is allowed to eat truma. There are also other Gemaras, other sources, which uh, bring down a different Pasuk, a different verse, how we know that uh, she's allowed to eat truma. Um, uh, but that's really for a separate discussion why we have various psuk and various uh, verses in the Torah that tell us this. But she's allowed to eat truma even as uh, uh, when they are engaged. So the Gemara asks, who asks my Tom Amarino Chalas in the end of the day, why doesn't she eat when she's engaged? Because Shema Yimzu Law, our concern is that she's not living with her Kohen family. She's not living with her husband who's a Kohen. She's living with her own family. Her own family are not Kohanim. We know Truma is the special food that is given to the Kohanim, special food that the Kohanim eat. Uh, we are concerned that if she receives uh, Truma, uh, so then she will have it around the house and maybe she'll give it to her brother or to her sister. It's interesting. The language is specifically that she will not feed, but they will drink. They will drink uh, truma. They'll, they'll turn the truma into some sort of a liquid and drink it. Some of the commentators point out that the reason for this is because intentionally, no, she won't intentionally give them truma. Um, and anytime they, they sit down to eat, so they know she's uh, she's already engaged to uh, a Kohen, so they eat separately. But to drink, by drinking, that's just on the run. You drink something, so maybe they'll mix something up and they'll end up drinking Truma and Truma is only allowed to be eaten by a Kohen. It can't be eaten by a non-Kohen. Now it's interesting. There is a mitzvah to uh, to eat Truma. There is a question about what hap- what about this uh, person who's engaged, this woman who's engaged. Uh, and so, let's say on a biblical level, she's allowed to eat Truma. Is this a mitzvah or is it just uh, allowed? We know that for a non-Kohen, it's not allowed. So maybe it's just allowed. Who's that? Maybe it's not necessarily a mitzvah per se. Um, would impact the question of whether or not uh, they recite a bracha for the truma, but they recite a blessing for the truma. Either way, this first reason that they do not eat truma uh, when they are engaged to a kohen, they still don't eat truma, is because we're, they're not living with the kohen. We are concerned. This is a rabbinic degree. We're concerned that they will feed the family, their own family that they're living with right now, who are not kohanim. They will feed them, and. Uh, therefore, the non-Kohanim might uh, eat or drink the truma. The Gemara then asks, well, what changes after 12 months? After 12 months, they're not married. The Mishnah says she's allowed to eat truma. Why is she allowed to eat truma? She's still living with her father. She's still living with her family who are not Kohanim. It might get confusing. The Gemara says, no. The point is, is that after 12 months, she has a separate area which is designated uh, just for her. Rashi explains, the classic commentator Rashi explains that uh, just like the the husband now after 12 months or 30 days uh, in a situation where it's, let's say, after 12 and a half or 13 and a half, um, but the point is that after this time period, the husband has an obligation to sustain her, to provide her with uh, sustenance, um, and so therefore he's feeding her, he's giving her, so therefore we want to make sure that if she's being fed by a Kohen, the Kohen often has truma to feed, uh, people give the Kohen truma, the special food that's given to the Kohanim, so he will feed her, and they'll make sure that she's in a separate house. The the father, she's living with her fathers, and make sure that, he's, that she's in a separate house after the 12 months, once she's already being supported by her husband. Midday <laughs> 
the Gemara essentially asks if we're confused, getting confused, if we're concerned that people get confused, uh, that uh, one person's eating truma, other people in the home are not eating truma, so then maybe the same thing should apply in a situation where there are workers. Let's say the workers are working for a, a, a non-Kohen, for Yisrael. The workers then themselves are Kohanim. Maybe we should say that the workers, they're in the house of the non-Kohen. We should we could say, you can't eat truma there. Maybe they can't eat truma because uh, they'll end up feeding the Yisrael, the, the, the boss. So the Gemara says, what are you talking about? You can't make such a connection. When it comes... Um, when it comes to the worker, they're not. Uh, it's not like uh, the the boss is feeding them and they're eating together. No, that's not what's going on. But when it comes to uh, this uh, engaged uh, wife uh, who's about to get married, so she's living together with her family. So it's normal. It's normal for them to eat together. But for the workers, it's not normal for them to be sharing food with one another. So therefore, it's not really a concern. That is all. Answer number one. End of the day. Explanation number one, really on a biblical level, she could eat truma, she's allowed to eat truma, uh, but on a rabbinic level, answer number one is she cannot eat truma because we're concerned that since they're not living together, her and her husband, who's a Kohen, but since she's living with her non-Kohen family, we're concerned that she's going to end up feeding her family. Answer number two, explanation number two is as follows. The concern here is that it's true. On a biblical level, if they're halakhically engaged, so then... She's allowed to eat truma, but what are we concerned about? We are concerned uh, that maybe there's some sort of blemish on on her, on her body, physical blemish that the husband doesn't know about, and it's such a it, it's such a, a an important uh, fact that he had to know about that he would have canceled the whole engagement and the whole wedding. So we're concerned that okay, if this is really uh, if she doesn't have any mum, she doesn't have any blemish. So then, uh, so then, fine. We would really allow her to eat truma while she's engaged. That's the biblical law. But the concern is that maybe he will find something. Maybe the husband will find something, and he will annul retroactively the engagement. And if that's the case, so then she can't eat truma during that time period. We have to be concerned that maybe there's some sort of mum, there's some sort of blemish there, and we don't know about it. The husband doesn't know about it. And if he annuls the entire engagement, so then she's not allowed to eat truma, then they have no, re- retroactively, they have no relationship. It was what we refer to as a mekachtos. It was, uh, the engagement was done under a false assumption that there was no mum, there was no blemish. There was a blemish there. It was based off this false assumption. Retroactively, the engagement does not take place. Um, and that is, uh, uh, that, that will uproot the entire, uh, engagement. And so therefore, she's not allowed to eat truma during that time period because if they uproot the entire engagement, so then she's really not allowed to eat truma. So that's the concern. That's the concern. So says the Gemara. So the Gemara basically asks, well, what changes after 12 months? But it asks it in an even stronger form. It's not just what happens after 12 months, but let's say they even have a chuppah. They are under the canopy. They have a chuppah, but they never actually ended up having uh, sexual relations. We know that she's allowed to eat truma. Why is she allowed to eat truma? Uh, we should be concerned that maybe uh, once they begin to have sexual relations and there's some sort of blemish there, so there's some sort of problem on her body, so then then maybe he'll uproot the entire marriage at that point in time. So maybe they shouldn't, they should hold off from eating truma even until they have sexual relations, but we know that that's not true. So to that, I think my answer is no. No, once it's already so close to the to the wedding, either they already had the chuppah or after 12 months, um, we say, we say that, no, he looked into the matter. Somehow he looked into the matter 
and he did his research. At that point in time, that's when they're supposed to get married. He does the research, and he makes. He doesn't. It's not about physically looking at her, but he looks into it. Uh, whatever it is, calls her doctor. Um, he has. Uh, he makes sure to look into it. He does the research to to make sure that there's no physical blemish there, and, and so therefore she's allowed to eat truma after the twelve months, or after they have a chuppah, even if they never had uh, sexual relations. So the Gemara now asks: Once we're concerned about uh, these. Uh, uh, blemishes and that there's a certain assumption being made at the time that they're getting engaged, at the time of the wedding. So then why isn't this a broader concern? The Gemara asks, Elamiyata, according to this, If let's say, a Yisrael, a non, a Kohen, sells a slave sells a non-Jewish slave to a Kohen. So that, that slave is allowed to eat truma. But, but we should say, no, hold on. Maybe if we're concerned for blemishes, that there's certain problems uh, with this uh, non-Jewish slave, how could he eat truma? Maybe later on, we'll find out about these problems. It will retroactively annul the entire transaction, and he's not really the slave of a Kohen, and therefore he cannot eat truma. But we don't say that. We say once he becomes a slave of a Kohen, he's allowed to eat truma. So why aren't we concerned? Because of the, the blemishes. Uh, and then it will retroactively undo the sale. And so therefore it's not really the uh, the slave of this Kohen. So the answer is no. There's no concern. There's no concern here. What are we concerned about? If it's on the outside and it impacts his work, that there's some sort of blemish on his body that would impact his work, We'll see it. We'll be able to see it. The the, the, the new owner will see it, and uh, he should have uh, said something at the time. Um, so it wouldn't uh, annul the entire transaction. And if it's something on the inside, uh, the clothing is covering it, there's some sort of problem with his body that's being covered. In the end of the day, it's not impacting his work. We see that it's not impacting his work. So who cares whatever blemish he has on his body on the inside? Uh, it's not impacting his work, and so therefore uh, we don't care. It'll, it'll still be a good sale. And he can remain the uh, slave of the Kohen. And so whatever, whichever way you go, in the end of the day, he could still be, still be the slave of the Kohen. And that's why he's able to eat truma. The Gemara now asks, well, maybe we have to forget about a blemish, but maybe we should be concerned for other things. Like what? The Gemara says, Nimsa ganob kuviostus. Maybe what happens if you, buy, you purchase this uh, slave and then you find out that he is a thief? Or that he's a kidnapper. You find out that he's doing things that are wrong. So the Gemara actually says, In the end of the day, uh, this is something which, uh, I don't know if it's common, but it's uh, something to, to always be concerned about. So a person always had to do the research that uh, this uh, slave is not a thief. And so uh, the sale is really even a good sale, even if he finds out afterwards that he's a thief. But he should have looked into the matter. You should have looked into the matter to make sure that he's not a thief. Look at the reviews before you before you make this purchase. Look at the reviews. You have to consult with people. Make sure that you're getting the right uh, person to work for you. Then the Gemara says, "What if it's listim mizuyan or muhtav lemalchus? What if it's somebody where it's a um, it, it's a, it's a set type of a, of a thief, or it's somebody who sinned to the kingdom?" And so therefore, uh, he did something wrong to the king, and therefore he's uh, due to get punished and to get killed. And you've already purchased this uh, slave. How could he eat truma? 
this should be a mekachtos. This should be a, a annulled retroactively. This is a, not a good sale uh, because you, you, how are you supposed to know about these things? So to this, the Gemara answers: Hanu kolu isluhu. In the end, of the day there is a kol. There is a. There should be rumors out there when a person is making this purchase. They have to find out. They have to inquire, and there should be rumors out there. And if he found out that this person is wanted by the government, and he still makes this purchase, so then that's on him. That's on him. He should have. Uh, he knows. He knows what he's getting himself into. So in the end of the day, when it comes to the purchase of of this evid of this non Jewish slave, there's really nothing to be worried about. There's no blemish issues because we see how he's working. If he's a good worker, so then he's fine. The owner should be fine with it. And if there's other concerns, so then. Uh, he should have looked into the matter. He should have looked into the matter and seen whether or not uh, these concerns are real concerns or not. So in the end of the day, in the end of the day, there are two reasons why uh, the wife, uh, in, the, in, the, in the stage of, uh, of a halachic engagement, the wife is not allowed to eat truma. On a biblical level, she could eat truma. On a rabbinic level, she can't eat truma for one of two reasons, either because we're afraid she's going to end up mixing it up with her family who are not kohanim, and so therefore the non kohen will eat truma, which is not allowed, or the concern is that really there's a blemish on her that uh, the husband couldn't see. He will retroactively annul the marriage and the engagement, and therefore um, she really is not deserving of truma. So the Gemara says, in the end of the day, Michti, Bainlamar, Bainlamar, whatever answer you give, Lo Akhla, she doesn't eat truma, my Benayu. What practically is there any difference between these two opinions? Is there any situation where there'd be a difference between these two opinions? The Gemara says, yes, Ikebenayu, Kibel, Masar, Vahalach. Three cases. Case number one is, let's say the husband says, even if she has certain blemishes, I don't care. I still want to marry her. Fine. That works to marry her and there's no there's no issue with blemishes. But in the end of the day, she still shouldn't be able to eat because she's with her family and her family are not koanim. So that should be a concern. Uh, another case is Masar Vahalach. Other cases, let's say, we've discussed this in the past, let's say... Uh, by the engagement, the father sends her off to the messengers of the husband. Or the messengers of the father, then it's transferred over to the messengers of the husband. And in these cases, she's no longer eating uh, with her family. She's not eating with her family. So in that case, explains Rashi that if she's not eating with her family, so then we shouldn't be concerned that it's going to get mixed up. We won't be concerned that it'll get mixed up with other people. Uh, because she's not with her family. However, the, the the issue of the blemish is still an issue because since she uh, was never physical with her husband, so then there's still, there should still be an issue uh, with uh, with the blemish, that there should be concern that there's a blemish there and therefore it'll, it will annul the marriage and the engagement retroactively. Okay, so that's the end of this Gemara. We're on the top of Nenechaz Manalf uh, 58a um, and we'll continue with the next Gemara in the next class.